What's up, Charleston? This is the Healthy Charleston Podcast, hosted by yours truly, Eve Gigi, where we talk all things health-related. We're going to talk about all sorts of health information, as well as, hopefully, clear up all sorts of terrible health misinformation. What's up, Charleston? This is the Healthy Charleston Podcast, hosted by yours truly, Eve Gigi and Dr. Wes Hendricks. Well, we're going to talk all things health-related. We're going to get into all sorts of health information, as well as all sorts of terrible health misinformation. I am going to love this episode today, because something I'm super passionate about, and something I just get excited about period, you know, and and not only in my own life, as far as my training, but just, you know, how I think healthcare itself kind of needs to, to change. And and our big focus today is going to be on strength conditioning principles and how that needs to be taught in school in healthcare school, like healthcare school. Wow. Healthcare school is a thing, right? (laughs) Healthcare. Yeah. I think that's just like the under or the overlying arch of all the different healthcare schools, chiropractic, physical therapy, MD, healthcare school. All the, it's this uh, Lotus tea that I'm drinking. Yes. Eve is sitting in my living room right now and I made him honey lavender tea. He had a very stressful day, so he's relaxing now. That's right. I may fall asleep in the middle of this podcast. (laughs) Could be awesome. Here's proof. We We just had tacos. And now we're drinking lavender tea together. Yeah, if you want to go get a good taco, what was that place called? Some Samelas. Samelas. It was S E M I L A S. They have like an amazing food truck that I go to the farmers market every Saturday. And then I just recently found out they have a like storefront. And then when I chose the storefront, and then I go to look it up, it's a thousand feet from my house, and I didn't even realize it. It was good too. I conveniently forgot my wallet and Wes paid. So that was awesome. Yeah. Conveniently then, forgot it. Right. He's like, go check your car. I'm like, it's definitely not in my car. And we would got into my car because he walked and I drove him to the, his house. It was in my car. Yeah. But that was <laughs> after you lost your keys and we couldn't find your keys for 20 minutes. Rough day, man. So it's one of those days. Of those he's days. having the honey lavender tea yeah. now. <laughs> Way better. All relaxed. All right. All right. Circling back. There's, there's our, you know, one of many rants that are going to happen today. So you know, I, I obviously went to PT school three years, got my master's, didn't get my doctorate. I was two years behind. But what I knew about squatting, deadlifting, and strength conditioning was pathetic by the time. I learned more in a CrossFit level one than I probably did in PT school, period. Oh, wow. You know, oh, I mean, wow. Bomb drop. I mean, you know, I get relatively, oh, yes. relatively yes. speaking, right? But like, I was, I had no idea what squatting below parallel was. I yeah. had no idea how to build muscle mass. Like, we just don't learn those things. We learn things to like just basics, right? If you have a deconditioned adult, we understand that you have to do three sets of 10 and you have to do periodization to slowly get them stronger and, yeah, yeah. you know, endur- basic endurance principles, yeah. but nothing um, as far as on the human performance level. Did you get anything in Cairo school? I don't think so. I don't think I got anything like that. Cause you're, you're over here like, yeah, we learned basic periodization. I was like, I don't think I learned basic periodization in chiropractic. Cause y'all have like a physical, I always talk to chiropractors. You have a physical therapy class or rehabilitation yeah, exercise yeah. We, class. We have, we have a physical therapy class cause there's a physical therapy section on the boards that you need to pass. Yep. If you want to do like therapeutic exercise, um, you need to pass that class, I guess, which is kind of strange. We have a physical therapy class. In I was just thinking that like, that's literally what it's called. Yeah. It's, it was physical therapy. 
Um, and it was taught by a physical therapist that was also a chiropractor. And I think I remember him telling our class at one point in time, told another segue, that we should all gone to physical therapy school. That's the, <laughs> that's the re- and we were like three and a half. You're, you have like a year at left. Yeah. And this guy you is telling me. Yeah. It's like, well, that was a great decision on my mind. <laughs> <laughs> well, like, um, Greg Lehman's another guy. I think it's really cool for people who have like a chiropractic degree and oh, yeah. a PT degree. Well, that guy has like... That guy's just too smart. Right. He's just too Oh, gosh, yes. He. I think he's got either a couple other masters or doctorates and something else. Um, yeah. Some people just like delving into that stuff. I like to know just enough to be dangerous, and then I'll go learn something new. Maybe that's good. Maybe so like C bad. average student, just enough to pass the test. Pretty much. Move on. I mean, I had this one teacher. Oh, it's going to be such a bad rant episode. This one teacher, I remember it vividly. She was my math teacher in middle school. Oh, wow. We're going way back. She, her name was Miss Howell. Okay. And she yelled at me. She's like, you do just enough to get by. And I just, and I, the whole time, really, it's bothered me my entire life. But now I know that, that was very much on purpose. Like, mm-hmm. I want to do, especially for something that I'm not going to use all the time. Like, I want to yes. know just enough to be decently good at it. And then I want to learn more skills. Like, I think being a one trick pony is a terrible idea. Like, I would like to know just as much about gymnastics as I know about powerlifting, as I know about weightlifting, as I know about bar class, like whatever. I want to learn a little bit of everything. So you, it sounds like you want to be a generalist, not a yeah. specialist. Correct. That was an even better way to say it. Yeah. Like a jack of all trades. Like, kind of. Yeah. Yeah. And obviously Miss, what was her name? Miss Howell. Miss Howell did not believe so. She thinks you need to be, expend all your energy in math or right. science or geography. Right. This God. is a bad episode. We're really promoting like... You got to balance though. I think it's a good thing. Like you should have balance. If you put all your time and energy into one thing and forget about everything else, I feel like that's not a way that you, not something you can sustain long-term. So if your kids come home and get A's in class, you're going to be like, bad. You you (laughs) tried, you put too much time into this. Too much time. Oh, that's a good thought. I'll have to think about that. Hopefully not. I want a C plus, maybe a B minus out of (laughs) you. Too worse. Yeah. God, don't do so well. Smart instead of idiot, smart kid. Oh, could be so smart. What are we ranting about tonight other than your first grade teacher? So, yeah. So, I mean, for me, yeah, the transition from getting across to level one and really going down the rabbit hole of what strength conditioning is and how it can provide value to my patients now probably takes up 80% of what I teach and what yeah. I do in a PT session at this point, right? And I feel like you're just a, a trainer that can deal with pain. That's what you are. I think like that's a great way to look at it, right? Like yeah. we we have value in the fact that we have hopefully a deeper knowledge of like evaluations, anatomy, yeah. physiology, pathophysiology, yeah. you know, the human body. But the principles, you know, I know plenty of personal trainers that are way better, in my opinion, at treating most some of the most common conditions than a chiropractor, a doctor, a yeah. PT or whatever, because they just know more about building muscle and strengthening positions than somebody who just uses manual treatments or ultrasound yeah, yeah. and stuff like that. Yeah. And you know, hyperice. is that what it's called? What? Hyperice. Is that what it's oh, called? The hyperice. Yeah. The hyperice. We need to make a hyperice machine that also is a, a, a Theragun. Like a Theragun. A thera- which a torque wrench with a tennis ball on it. <laughs> or you can pay $200 and get a Theragun. But it's a frozen tennis ball. <laughs> Try to replicate that. Yes. Yeah. Done. Million dollar idea. Uh, no, I, t- I totally agree. You know, just, I think that's what everyone needs more or less is some sort of strength and conditioning, but then you just need to be able to monitor like 
you know, if you have a patient that's post-surgical, you know, shoulder, whatever, I don't know, whatever, what, I don't even know what you do, but whatever you do, you know, just being able to be like, you know, if they're like, Hey, my shoulder hurts, knowing what questions to ask, you know, right. What right tests to do, being able to look at, you know, how they're performing it. And since you have maybe a little deeper knowledge of the anatomy and physiology, being like, Oh, it's okay. That hurts. Keep doing whatever you're doing. Or no, we need to take a step back and do this. You know, you can maybe systematically work through a, a process a little better. So or not, I don't even want to say better, just differently because you have a different skill set. So I think the the strength coach analogy that can deal with pain is, I think, pretty spot on. Yeah. I mean, at this point, and correct me if I'm wrong, I think we're both just going through with patients a series of regressions and progressions. Yeah, 100%. Right? And, and using pain as our guide yeah. and soreness and movement quality. Yeah. to know if we can push the progression or we need to regress. Yeah. You know, it's, and like healthcare can honestly, especially musculoskeletal, skeletal, wow. Skeletal. 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 Musculoskeletal. Yes. Yeah, I lived with a Canadian for a year in chiropractic school. So skeletal. <laughs> I've not been drinking besides this tea, just so everybody knows. But especially when you're doing those kinds of treatments, it can really be that simple. It doesn't need to be overcomplicated. We don't need to talk about, some of these complex biomechanical issues yeah. that some of us need to feel like we need to go through. Load some and you make it stronger. And I don't think, and I think the reason why I never bought into, I don't want to say bought into chiropractic, but I was like, you know. Some the, of the philosophy stuff, right? Yeah, some yeah. of the philosophy. It's like, you know, you adjust them, you make them feel better. You know, they can go on their way. I was like, that was like seven seconds, you know. I've been doing a squat program for 12 weeks to add two pounds to my squat, you know, an hour and a half a day, like, how am I applying like all these loads to my body and it takes this long to adapt, but someone's going to go in and apply this like five second stimulus and it's just going to change everything. And so it's just like when you try to compare the two in my head, I was just like, this, this doesn't make sense. Right. It's, like you can't apply a stimulus to a body like for that short a period of time and expect it to change. So then you have the problem. What do we do? Strength training. Right. I use that analogy a ton with my patients. Like if we, we're able to change based off of a stimulus that quickly, yeah. it would not be a good thing. Oh, I think it'd be a terrible thing. Right. Yeah. We want to, you know, we want to be resilient. We want to be strong. It should be difficult to make changes or again, you know, like you could just pick something up and your elbow could snap off. You know what I mean? Like that would be really bad. You know, like if you only pick up five pound things and all of a sudden you pick up something that's 50 pounds, like you your know, elbow just falls off. Right. That would not be good. Like a we, stick figure. <laughs> and I feel like that's sometimes when people think like you can just put the stimulus in and all of a sudden these, these changes, whether it's a, a negative stimulus, like a, you know, a pull up that went wrong. Yeah. Right. Or um, even a positive stimulus. Like I, I did five pull ups one time and all of a sudden now I'm going to have gigantic lats. Like mm -hmm. it takes a ton of time. It takes yes. a ton of energy. And yes we need to kind of learn that I feel like. Yeah. And that's what strength conditional conditioning is. It just takes freaking time. Yeah. You know, but how does hypertrophy take like, oh gosh, freaking ever. Right. But I think like people understand that more anyway than they understand, you know, you go in for treatment, somebody wants to feel better after a seven minute visit, you know, cause they're in pain and rightfully so, but it's like, it doesn't really work like that. Sorry. Um, you know, maybe we can change, you know, your perception of pain or whatever. That's another yeah. discussion. Maybe we'll do a rant on that. That would be a good one. Um, but, you know, people understand it more from a training standpoint. You know, I'm 100 pounds overweight. I'm not going to go work out once, you know, go home, eat like shit, and have a six-pack tomorrow, you know. But I've been neglecting, you know, my shoulders 
I haven't lifted anything overhead in yeah. 20 years. And then I went and did a CrossFit class. Yes. And now my shoulder hurts. <laughs> yeah. now like, I why can't. does my shoulder hurt? Yeah, um, yeah. yeah. exactly. That, that kind of person. Right? Why can't now, you make it feel better right away? So I yes. can go start snatching tomorrow. 100%. Like, I need to snatch my PR tomorrow. The CrossFit <laughs> Open starting. I have not been prepared. Yeah. Uh, do we still have an open? We still have an open. We have two opens now. I, I can't. I don't even know. Can't I, until the main site send something out. It's all speculation. In my I can't opinion. even follow. I no, can't even keep up with it. There's just no more CrossFit games. <laughs> <laughs> it's done. I think they're having sanctioned events and they're, I don't they know, you know, it's going to be, um, it's going to be good. But yeah, people understand that more. So I like, I like the thought process of strength training more than, you know, applying an external stimulus to the body with my hands. And I think I just, it's such an important concept because again, we don't get a ton in school. You know, where, where did you, where did you learn some of the, like, I just been like lifting all my life and it just evolved from like eighth grade on, you know? Yeah. So it started with like using your own body as the experiment. More or less, you know, like I, I started yeah. working out with like the wrestling team and I was like, Oh, this is cool. And then I found CrossFit, I think when I was like 19 or 20. And then from there it evolves, like what are all the people in CrossFit doing, you know? And we talked about like James Fitzgerald earlier, mm-hmm. you know, you learn about that strength coach or Charles Pollock. You, you start to, you know, learn about all the different like, little segues of it, you know, when you want to like get better at Olympic lifting, powerlifting, gymnastics, because it encompasses all those things. So just been doing it long enough, I guess. Yeah. And that's the interesting part. Like you need to move your body in such a variety of ways and how important that is and how we can become pretty unilateral in our movement with CrossFit or with PTs or with whatever. It's like, Mm -hmm. just do these one things or all these movements are inherently bad. And all these movements are inherently good when banded exercises for shoulders don't squat below parallel there. Yeah. When the truth is there is no, and I don't know why this is a mic drop. It's just at this point, it seems normal to me. There's inherently no bad movement. No, Like round your back. It's okay. I think there's just just unprepared tissue. Right. You know, Ooh, that's a good one. There's just, you know, Put that on your Instagram. Um, somebody, I, I read it somewhere the other day. I don't know who wrote it. I'm not going to claim it, but someone was like, could all overuse injuries just be unprepared tissue as well? And I was like, holy crap, mic drop bomb. Right. But like, that's exactly what it is. Um, you're just unprepared. hundred um, percent. I'm curious though, if you were to like, let's say, where'd you go to PT school? MUSC? MUSC. Yep. If MUSC, texted you tomorrow and they were like we want you to do a strength and conditioning class for our pts what would, what would it look like like what would be your main focus if you had like 12 weeks what would you focus on with like people that like have no idea how to lift or people that have like a misconception how to lift i would i would do not much lecture we probably do like one or two weeks of that um, okay. lecture and we'd get in the freaking gym like what would you fo- like- what would you focus on would there be specific movements patterns you'd really focus yeah on? i mean like you know you have Normal movement patterns like the hip hinge, the yeah, squat, yeah. the I feel press. Like you could spend three weeks the on the pull. hip hinge alone and all the different. Right, and that's the thing, right? You've got to triage it out and say, what's the most I can get done in the time I've got, and yeah. you probably pick the lowest hanging fruit, right. which yeah. would be, in my opinion, press, pull, lunge. I think that's yeah. Hip hinge, squat, and yeah. just focus on here's all the ways that you can squat here, are the ways that we know are the most efficient and here are some cues to help get people to be more efficient. Cause even if we just do that, if every PT in Cairo just did that yeah. and like how many PTs in Cairo's out there, how much better quality of movement would we have on a national scale? Yeah. If they just really just got hip hinge movement and pressing like in a push up or even an overhead position, yeah. right? Like, I don't know about you, but all my disc herniation patients that come in, we're, we're hip hinging 
were deadlifting, like the goal of the first visit, if they can't move their back or if they're like acute, by the end of the first visit, I want them deadlifting a 35-pound kettlebell. Right. And that's somebody that can't even bend over and get their hands to their mid-thigh. Um, just knowing how to actually coach a hip hinge in the finesse and everything behind, working through it, the three points of contact, if you use that stick, how to modify it and, you know, And it's not it. that hard. That's the thing. God, right? no, Put a so, stick behind your back, three points of contact, hinge. So, it's so easy, you know. <laughs> right. um, you know, how do we build this up? How do we bring it up? The progressions, the regressions. That gets a little more complex. Oh, yeah, it does. Yeah. But, you know, even if you were to give, you know, every student three progressions and regressions at the deadlift, squat, you know, whether it's single leg, double leg, whatever, um, same thing with the press or a pull-up or something, you know, cover that in 12 weeks. I feel like you could totally, that would, like, be life-changing for, like, physical therapists, you know, and, and then is, even yeah. having the mindset that, like, you know, you come in, oh, you still need to continue to work out as opposed to, like, I feel like I'm still told that they have, they went to, my patients have gone to, like, another chiropractor physical therapist that told them to, like, avoid working out, which I'm just blown away. People still do that. It's like, I'm surprised people still use ultrasound and take x-rays. Yeah. I feel like that's part of the issue. Is or like, the high price. We're, <laughs> we're getting so far. We're going to get a, a, a message from high price. They're going to want to sponsor this <laughs> podcast. And we'll totally sell out Heck yeah, all day long. Um, Hyper icing you. <laughs> you're totally getting me off track. I know. I am. Unbelievable. No, I just I think it's so important. And it still just shocks me how that is not a bigger focus, period. And maybe, I mean, no, I know it's not in some programs because I've seen yeah. some big posts about it, how people yeah. want to start doing it. Yeah. Like we want to, um, even here locally, I've been trying to push to get even just a day, give me a day yeah. with all the PT students where they just come in and we just squat and deadlift. Yeah, just, day, to, just right. To. And the people that want to at least go down the rabbit hole, like the information's out there. You can definitely hundred yeah, percent point them in somebody. the right direction. They don't probably even know where to start looking for it. Right. Right. And that's where we get in the point of like, what kind of continued education is out there? Yeah. Yeah. Like, do you know a good strength conditioning chiropractic course that you could go to and actually get some basics? I don't know of one for PTs. For, I, know I mean, there's a lot out there. You know what yeah, I mean? But nothing directed towards a healthcare provider that maybe like came in at like ground zero. Right. And it's directed towards like, you know, if you have a disc herniation patient come in, how are you going to teach them the hip hinge? Um, you know, maybe, maybe McGill's stuff. Some of it. Maybe true. McGill. Um, or there's another, there's a clinical athlete does some stuff like yeah. one purely on Olympic weightlifting, but it's not ground zero. Like it's pretty complex stuff. Yeah. You yeah. should have a base knowledge already. Yeah, I don't, I don't you know. know. I've never been to McGill's, but maybe his is the only one. Yep. Um, and his mustache can only go so many places at one time. So I think he's the only one. It is one amazing mustache. He's, he's had in the last couple of years, some like rebranding or marketing and he has t-shirts now with his mustache on oh, yeah. it. And I think his Instagram is like the mustache is like a whole logo now. Right. They're built like, if I had a mustache like that, I would totally play off of that. Are you kidding me? That's very recognizable. Yeah. Heck yeah. That must mustache. Maybe I'm going to grow a mustache. Guy. Maybe I'm going to grow a mustache like that. McGill, I'm coming for your mustache, bro. <laughs> you need to get your own thing. The handstands is good. That's your thing. Come on. No. I, I, I want handstands. I want that a mustache now. <laughs> Maybe if you add the mustache to the shirtless handstand. It would be amazing. The mustache to the shirtless <laughs> So, I mean, yeah, I mean, the next question then is like, how do you even, how do you even start just implementing these things at like just a baseline level? You know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah. I don't even know how those things should even start to change. You know what I mean? Like we do it and we teach it to some of our students and we try to teach it as much as we can through like social media, but 
And I think you need to get a job at CFC, wait 20 years until they give you some sort of overarching, uh, not CFC, MUSC. Yeah, until yeah. you get tenure at MUSC and they let you direct the program. Yeah. And then I'm not willing to put that you, you could No, we need 20, 30 years out of you. And then you can change the program. Um, you'll benefit none at all mon- with money wise, but you know what? You'll feel good about yourself that you're. <laughs> Cause that's, I mean, you talked a little bit about the pain stuff and that's kind of like, we have so many different ways to influence the neurological system, which bottom line, we don't understand fully right now. Nobody understands it though. Right. Neurologists, I don't think even. Right. Understand. Like if we understood it, we'd be able to make spinal cord injuries walk again. If yeah. we knew it fully. Right. And that's usually yeah. an analogy that I use. That's a good so, one. If it. you can influence the neurological system through adjustments, through passive modalities, yeah. through manual treatments, and this is kind of why I do strength conditioning, but the only way to make a true change histologically, so at the tissue level, like you mm-hmm. talked about, is mm-hmm. through strength conditioning. The only way to increase the muscle's size is by oh, aggressively you're, you're loading it, right? Applying a stimulus to the body and accepting, expecting it to change. It, that's how you end up in pain. You apply the stimulus to your body and it changed, just not for the better. Right. So now we need to change it for the better is the problem. But, you know, you're in pain. So then that gets tricky. Right. And that's, it. it's all like, you can change it one way with all these passive modalities and manual stuff, but you can change it another way. Yeah. Just like you said, like when you're in a treatment session uh, and you, you don't adjust people, right? And you no. probably have multiple cases where somebody came in with a ton of back pain. Yeah. And then couldn't round their back and they left and they were able to deadlift a 35 pound kettlebell. Yeah. How did you make that change in that session? What did you do? You didn't adjust them. You didn't put no. them on ultrasound. You didn't, didn't massage them. I had them start. You moving. at least massage them. Come on. That's a lot of work. I hit, I hit him with a reflex hammer. There you go. I uh, hit him with a reflex hammer. Do a couple in the tests. head or of course in the head. <laughs> uh, but no, that, that, that ortho, I guess all those exams I do, you know, kind of and taking a history like actually yeah. taking the time to do a full exam and a history kind of gives me the confidence that when we go through the hip hinge pattern you know and if we're using you know that stick on the back the three points of contact and they're bending forward with a perfectly neutral spine and they're telling me their back hurts i tell them i don't i, I shouldn't say i don't care but i think a lot of the times i do tell them i literally just don't care um because you know that's just like your your pain says you know and i use different analogies whether it's like I, I think so like I, a warning signal going. Yeah, down, like right? I think I think I used the analogy the other day, like when your fire alarm beeps and you just are ignoring it or whatever, because mm-hmm. um, you need to change the batteries. But then the freaking house goes on fire and right. you, you're stuck in the goddamn house because <laughs> you thought it was wasn't a real fire. Oh my um, but I, I used like an analogy like that the other day, and basically, you know, it's just the alarm system. It sounds so simple. I don't like it, but the alarm system's broken. You know, you just everything is a pain signal. Everything's a threat. So you don't want to move. So when you can start showing your brain that, yes, you can move through this range of motion, because in seven minutes when you leave my office, if I just crack your back and it feels good, by the time you get to your car, it's going to feel shitty again. You're not mm-hmm. going to want know what to do on what to do in terms of movement, how to avoid that. That's a big one too, you right? Know, just, you yeah. have another 23 hours and 53 minutes in your day that you have to move until you come back for your next adjustment for the next five times a week, for the next 10 weeks. Um, you know, what, what are you going to do in the meantime? Just get your crack, back cracked? Or are you going to actually, you know, you know, if it, if it is in fact a disc herniation, I always tell my patients, you need to think of it like a cut or a scab. You continue to pick at it. You're not going to heal it mm-hmm. or it's not going to heal. Right. And the damage is already done. We can't fix this. How do we prevent it from happening again? How do we mitigate the damage or the discomfort that you're going to live with? You know, what do we avoid? You know, and it's hip hinging. 
you know, you're going to lunge to put on your socks. You're going to squat in and out of the car like you're squatting a heavy barbell because you don't want to piss off that disc. Um, and um, miraculously enough, they feel better. You know, it's kind of like if you have a headache and you're banging your head against the wall, stop banging your freaking head against the wall. Right. It doesn't matter how much medicine yeah, you yeah. get if you keep banging your yeah, head if you against keep, the You know, if you, if you keep doing the things that are going to – going into those painful, you know, um, provocative patterns – of we'll just use the disc herniation as an example because yeah. like I love treating those or not treating those. <laughs> right. Um, you know, like I love it because literally I get to teach someone how to deadlift, squat, lunge. You know, I put the ball in their court and they're in an extreme amount of pain and I have their full undivided attention. It's great. Um, so, yeah. Yeah. I think teaching someone how to hip hinge is like you've just like instead of what's the analogy? Like instead of giving the person the fish, you taught them how to freaking fish. I know it's really corny. But, you know, like, but that's, I mean, it's true. Right. So yeah. like, like, why don't I empower them as opposed to, you know, maybe make them feel good for five minutes and they go home. My back still hurts. Do I need to go? Like, what's wrong with me? Do I, I start Googling my symptoms as opposed to, Oh, I can hip hinge. I can bend forward and tie my shoes now. And it doesn't hurt. I'm going to be okay. And just that even like the, I'm going to be okay. That is setting so many other things in motion that we don't even know about that. We've just like, start a cascade of events. You yeah. know what I mean? There's that biocycle social yes, model gosh, pain, where it's know? just like, we've right there. It's like, they're going to be better. Yeah. You know, that's going to be a successful person. Like you can tell within the first visit, you know, if you can change it or yeah, like, if they're even, absorbing that information. Like, and the, the light bulb goes off. Yep. Yeah. hundred percent. Yeah. Like, Oh man, I can move. Like you can, I mean, again, it sounds like, like uh snake oil, but you can literally bring somebody in and tell them that their disc, yeah, yeah, you know that this isn't a problem. Educate them on what that means, and their pain can go away just from having a conversation. Sometimes, oh, yeah, I, I, you know, creating not, not fear because yeah. there's a big part of that. You know, we kind of use the cup analogy. You know, if you cup is full and you're super feelful of movement, those alarms are more likely to go off. You're just waiting for it to go off. You're exactly. anticipating it. You're hypersensitive. Yeah, everyone. You know, I use that example all the time. You know, you take a room of ten people, all of them have a disc herniation, none of them are having symptoms. Then you tell those 10 people, they have disc herniations. Then all of a sudden, two of them start developing. The nocebo effect, yeah, my they, friend. They yeah. start they start developing disc herniation symptoms or they're just identifying themselves with their symptoms. Yeah. Oh, man, we could do a whole pain one. But like oh, I read about this study and this is a legit study. And it's about you know, everyone's heard about the placebo effect. This yeah. is a nocebo yeah. effect where they had whatever. Let's call it 20 people. They put poison. Um, they told them it was poison ivy. Oh, and they rubbed leaves yes. on their legs yes. and they actually broke out into rashes I've, because they thought it was really like, that's crazy. So like, I've heard about this one, but it was with, they fed like, they gave like. Oh, told them it was like something to make them nauseous. Kind so of no, it was um like, let's say they, they, like you had a peanut allergy and I gave you a food that had peanuts in it. Yep. You went into anaphylactic shock, but it didn't have peanuts in it. Then that's then another group that had a peanut allergy. You gave them food that had peanuts in it, but there was, but there was peanuts in it, and they didn't know it, and they didn't go into shock. Something like it, it wasn't peanuts; it was like dandelions or pollen, whatever. Yeah, yeah. So, something. And the people that like were told that it it had it in it, but it didn't. They experienced the same symptoms. Is where yeah. I'm going with that. Um, Your brain super powerful. That's like one of, like can... the two things I remember from chiropractic school on one day of class. Right. Like blew my mind. I was like, that's a real thing. You, they literally gave themselves anaphylactic shock. Right. Um, which like, it still sticks with me to this day. Right. 
you know, and yeah. that, and that can be done at any level, like with disc herniation and somebody who thinks they still have a dick disc herniation yeah. 20 years later. Yes. Like, or they have scoliosis or they fell down the steps from once when they yeah. were seven. Something where they truly believe that they're injured. And it's yeah. like the first thing you need to do is probably educate them that you're not injured. And that's again, to circle back to why we're talking about strength conditioning. Like I would rather work with something that I know is actually going to change things where when you're talking about biopsychosocial model of pain, you're talking about all this stuff, like that stuff's kind of unsure. You kind of have to figure that stuff out. That takes yeah. a lot of time. Yeah. But if I make them stronger and I make them more resilient and yeah. I make them more independent, yeah. like that's a lot better. And I, I mean, just kind of like you said, like we're the only profession, if we're doing it correctly, we're trying to get people to stop giving us money. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, yeah. it's kind of weird. Like, I mean, there's continuity programs, which we focus on like, Hey, come and see me regularly. Even if you're feeling good, this makes sense because we can help you stay out of pain and help you move better and help you, you know, hopefully prevent injuries from occurring. And that makes a lot of sense. That's a whole nother topic. You know what I mean? That we can talk about. Yes. Um, but yeah, I mean, I just love that what you're doing is they can't adjust themselves later, but could they hip hinge yeah. and alter their pain perception? Yes. I'd like, much rather spend, you know, half an hour with a patient learning how to pick someone up correctly. If in fact they have a pain provoking position, then yeah. do the, the later not doing anything. Right. Right. All right. We won't rant anymore. That was a good one. Go, dead, go deadlift something. <laughs> hip hinge. I don't know. Go. That's right. Hip hinge, deadlift, squat, press, do all that fun stuff. And drink some lavender tea yep. while applying a hyperice. Make Wes pay for your tacos. This podcast is not sponsored by hyperice. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks a lot, guys. As always, please leave a review on iTunes. Uh, we've got some good ones out there. Um, five stars if you like it. And if you have anybody that you want us to um, interview, if you have any suggestions, feel free to shoot them our way. You can reach Wes at Rebuild. What's the website? And I got We'll do rebuildbramco.com. There you go. And um, for me, um, made to move with the letter, letter, with the number two, pt.com. You got to get through this day. So the struggle bus. Thanks a lot, guys. We appreciate it. What's up, everybody? Eve here. We hope you enjoyed this episode of the Healthy Charleston Podcast. If you did, we would love for you to leave us a five-star rating on iTunes. And please leave us any comments. We're always looking to improve or recommend a guest. Yes, we take recommendations. Also, if you want to learn a little bit more about us and our health and human performance clinic, where we do physical therapy and performance training, please go check out madetomovept.com. Again, that's made, the number two, movept.com. Thanks so much. Talk to you soon.